Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message. You can have a seat. If I haven't met you, my name is Trevor. My wife Bonnie and I are the pastors here. And you guys, you did it. It's daylight savings time and you're here at the early service. Way to go. I don't know if that stores up treasures in heaven or not, but um, I'm really proud of you. So good job. I I remembered um, talking to a friend and she'd been part of a a church that does a, a liturgy and does a season of Lent like this for eight or nine years. And one Sunday she came up to me during Lent and she said, You know, it seems like during Lent, that would be the time that we most should focus on confessing our sins. So I just think it's so weird that we never pray the confession during the season of Lent. And I said, well, that's the first thing we do in our service. And she went, oh, I guess in the last decade, I've never been here for the start of the service during Lent. (laughs) So well done. Way to go, everybody. Um, This passage that we're going to talk about from John 6, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't have a Bible with you, no worries, bring one next time, but some of the passages is there in your bulletin. John chapter 6, years after Jesus multiplied the bread and fed the crowds, the disciples would remember and record this event as a kind of communion. They would use the same words that Jesus used in the Last Supper and that we still use today, that Jesus takes the bread, he gives thanks, he blesses it, and then he gives it. In this passage, Jesus feeds the crowd with bread. Later in the chapter, on verse uh, 35, he will tell the crowd, I, Jesus, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never go hungry, Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And they respond with the the same thing that Casey prayed in our opening prayer. Evermore, give us this bread. Communion is a word we don't use uh, often in other parts of our life uh, these days. Simple definition is it's just the sharing in or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings and life. Inside the word communion itself is the word union. It's marriage language. In marriage, two become one. In communion, a community is one. Unified, connected. And in the Bible, the word for communion is sometimes translated as participation together, sometimes as a a fellowship in in one another, as sometimes a a sharing together of one another. The Apostle Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 10, the cup of blessing which we bless, he's talking about the communion wine, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? And the disciples see in this miracle, in this feeding of the 5,000, 
They see communion. Look what Jesus says here at the beginning of this story. He turns to Philip and he puts a question to Philip. It's a, it's a test. He says, where are we going to find food to feed all of these people? And the narrator, John, tells us that he already had in mind what he was going to do. He already knew what he was going to do. There was a need. Jesus takes responsibility for meeting that need. He knows how he's going to meet it. And he's also going to use this as an opportunity to teach them to show them that's in communion with Jesus and with Jesus, his body, the church, that we find refuge. It's in communion with Jesus and with Jesus' body, the church, that we find all that we need. The first part, there's refuge in communion with Jesus' body broken for you. Look at verse 5 with me. Where shall we buy bread for these people? They've been walking and following Jesus all day long. I imagine a, a long car trip where everyone in the car, you know, is starting to feel a little bit, you know, grumpy. And you're like, I've got this narrow window here before the, the hangriness kind of sets in. Jesus goes, where are we going to buy food for them to eat? And Philip answers with just logical strategy and, and, and logistics. And he goes, well... It would cost half a year's wages. You guys could do the math for what that would be for you. That's a lot. That would be an expensive dinner out, right? Half a year's wages. And in another gospel telling of the same story, someone would also say, and where even would we get bread? It says they're out in a desolate place. It's at the end of the day. Where's a shop? Is it even going to be open? Would it even have enough? Those are the actual limitations of this situation. Those are real. That was the limits. That's what they lacked. And this year has been a year of limits and lack, hasn't it? Maybe you've felt the lack in your own life. Maybe you've tried to power through the pandemic push past your lack and push past your own limits. Yesterday was the one year anniversary of when things drastically changed in our life here in Illinois, March 13, 2020. And we're so grateful that it seems like there are things to be hopeful about. So grateful that we can just be here together such as we can. But it's not true that when things get better with the pandemic, then we will have enough. And then we will have what we need. And then we won't lack. And then we won't have limits. That's not true. We always live with lack and limits. I think some of us have the idea of, of growing up spiritually like it was for us growing up. Imagine your childhood slowly, slowly there's more that you're able to do on your own. There's less that you need your parents for. You slowly grow in independence until you're self-sufficient. That's not how the spiritual life works. Our life in God has an inverse reality. 
that as we grow up in our life in the Lord, we do not need him less, we need him more. We do not do more and more on our own, we do less and less on our own and more and more in him. We don't need refuge just because there's a pandemic. We need refuge because we're human. And we were made to find refuge in Jesus. And our hearts are restless, as St. Augustine said, until we find our rest in him. We never outgrow our need for Jesus. We grow into it. And we don't need refuge in Jesus simply because our humanity is sinful and broken, so that as we are healed, we don't need him anymore. Maybe we have a, you have a picture, maybe we have a picture of heaven that when we're made whole and when we're in heaven, then we won't need Jesus. But being whole, being healed and redeemed means that we will fully take refuge in Jesus. What is the new heaven and the new earth other than humanity fully and finally taking refuge in the Lord? In heaven, we don't stop needing to abide in Jesus. We stop abiding everywhere else. The disciples lacked food. They had real limitations of the money it takes to buy food, there being nowhere to get food. But their lack of food did not have to be a lack of faith. We have our own lacks and limits. But the lacks and limits of this last year, the lacks and limits of this next year, do not have to be a lack of faith. And they do not have to limit our life in God. Because Jesus knows what he will do. Praise the Lord. He will take your lack. And he will take your limit. And he will use it to invite you and me and us into communion with him, where he is our refuge. There's refuge in communion with Jesus, in his body broken for us. And there's refuge in communion with Jesus, his body, the church. The apostle John, who's writing this, when he would later write a letter in 1 John, he would say, our communion is with the Father and his Son, Jesus. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have communion with one another. When the disciples remembered this passage, they, they remembered communion not only with Jesus, but with the church. It's the disciples that give the bread to the crowds. This isn't overt in John's telling of the story, but when Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell it, they say it overtly. Here's Mark. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, Jesus gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave the loaves to his disciples to distribute to the people. The disciples here, the 12 disciples, the 12 tribes of Israel that we read about in Psalm 122, this is the people of God. This is his people. And how many baskets are collected? Twelve baskets of abundance. Another image of the presence of Jesus in his church. 
See, when Jesus sees the crowds, Matthew says he sees them and he, he's moved with compassion for them. He takes the responsibility for their care upon himself, and then he invites the church into that. And he says, church, now you care for them. Now you bring them to me and bring me to them. And the crowds find communion and refuge in Jesus through his church. Communion with Jesus, without communion with Jesus' body, is like a relationship lived entirely on Zoom. It's better than nothing. It's something, but it's literally disembodied. And it's a poor substitute for seeing someone in person in real life. If you meet someone first and you are Zooming with them and you're feeling connected, don't you want to move to the next stage of meeting them in person, in the flesh? Being with Jesus in the church is like being with Jesus in person, with his body. If you've met someone in person and then you supplement with Zoom or you move to Zoom for a season, you can make it work for a while. But without the in-person, that connection and that relationship fades. It fades in importance. It becomes more and more unreal. Have you experienced how much energy it takes to maintain relationships over Zoom? The connection goes bad and it freezes and it becomes frustrating and you just want to be with them, but the technology is not working. You get back on and you're like, what were you saying? Where did, you, where did we get cut off? And you have to decide, am I going to repeat this again? Or maybe before that, am I going to try to reconnect or just go, sorry, it's not working tonight. <laughs> I don't have the energy. You finish the Zoom call and you can't tell whether you feel better or worse afterward, whether it was worth it. The relationship feels remote, and you begin to wonder if there really is anything as digital communion, whether that's a thing. It's not. Has your relationship with God ever felt like that? It doesn't feel real, we're not connecting, is it worth the energy? Is it fading in importance? Maybe in your life you've had a deep communion with Jesus and with his church in the past, but recently you felt disconnected, physically disconnected, emotionally from his church, and then you realize you're feeling more and more disconnected from Jesus. Those two things are not unrelated. Many times when we're feeling disconnected from Jesus, it's because we're disconnected from his church. If you want to draw close to Jesus, draw close to his body. He gives his bread to the disciples to give it to the crowd. And he tells the church, whenever you do this, do it in remembrance of me, participation with me, communion with me, because you see, Jesus knew what he would do. He knew that to bring us back into communion with him, he would let his body be broken and given for us. And he would let his blood be poured out for us. 
And he would offer his very life as a sacrifice for us so that he could bring us all back into communion with God and with one another. That he could, in his body and blood, be a refuge for all that we need in this life and in the life to come. He knew what he would do. And he invites all of us to receive communion with Jesus and with Jesus' body, the church. We're going to receive communion in just a few minutes. I know there are different understandings of communion if you've been around the church for a while. As Anglicans, we believe that communion is communion with Jesus, that we actually receive his presence, that it's a participation with him. We also believe that it forms and shapes us as we do this action, this practice together. That it shapes us to know our need for Jesus. That's why we come, we stand, we open our hands. They're empty. They are our, our limits. They are our lack. And then we receive Jesus into our body. And it teaches us that we need him. And we're hungry and thirsty for the bread and the wine that will give us life evermore. And we also believe that when we have communion, we have communion not only with Jesus, but with one another. It's why in our service order, the passing of the peace comes right before the communion feast. It's an ancient tradition so that you could follow what the Apostle Paul says, that don't come to receive communion together if you're in conflict with a brother or a sister. And so the passing of the peace was a time when you could go to a brother and a sister and go, we're in conflict, let's reconcile. Because we're part of one body, the body of Jesus, and we can go have communion together. And I've seen us practice that at this church. Sometimes it makes for a late Saturday night phone call or meeting. So that when we have communion, we have communion. When we receive the body of Jesus in a very deep and real way, we become the body of Jesus. Maybe you think back of times that you've received communion and you have deeply, emotionally, spiritually, physically felt the presence of Jesus. Maybe you've never had that experience. You know, sometimes we don't have noticeable responses to hearing the word preached or to receiving communion. The presence of Jesus in those moments is hidden in the bread and in the wine. His body in the church can sometimes feel hidden. And I was so encouraged by how Jesus does the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. They can't tell that it's happening while it's happening. Jesus takes those loaves and fishes and he hands them to the 12 disciples. And they begin to hand it out. They don't see it multiplying. He doesn't take that and turn it into a big pile and they all come to the big pile. No, they just, keep, they just keep handing it out. It's only afterwards 
as they've collected 12 full baskets and as 5,000 plus people have been fully fed that they realize something just happened. Now, we're in a pandemic, and I know some of us have not received communion as much as we've wanted. There's been limits, and there's been lack. I just want to invite you here this morning and online to receive communion. And if you are part of our family online, please call me or Deacon Eduardo or Casey we would love to help figure out any logistics or health realities so you can receive it. If you're far away and it feels weird to drive a long way on a week when you're not here in person just to receive communion, you're only here for a few minutes for our drive up communion. What a beautiful parable of how much we need Jesus. Imagine looking back on that, if there's kids in your household or if it's just you and saying, remember in 2020 or 2021 when we would drive 45 minutes just to receive communion because we know how much we needed communion with Jesus and his church. For all of us here in person and online, I don't want anyone to feel any shame for when they've had limits or lacks of being able to receive communion this year but I do want us to feel hungry and thirsty for communion with Jesus in his church. And I want us to make a plan right now for how we're going to keep receiving it when we're in person or when we're online as this all continues. Because we need communion with Jesus. And we need communion with his church. I want us all to stop here today and say along with the Apostle Paul, the cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not communion with the body of Christ and the blood of Christ? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's communion with Jesus. It's communion with his church. It's refuge in Jesus. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path. <laughs>